ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Nathan Bartleball. Nathan, what is going on, man? Well, it's Halloween. Like, it's actually October 31st. That's it pretty cool. It is. Yeah, I am uh, super excited. Uh, love Halloween. I know your family uh, loves Halloween as well. Um, Nathan, uh, we got a lot we're going to talk about today or we're going to attempt to talk about today. Um, and part of that is, you know, what we do for Halloween and what we're going to do for Halloween. You know, it is October 31st, like you said. So great episode in store. Um, real quick though, you and I, just before we got on to do this, um, found out, uh, some, some sad news. Um, it's not, I I don't think it's as heartbreaking because this person hasn't really been in the spotlight for a number of years. Um, but you know, I mean, it's still sad when you hear, uh, someone passing away. And so we just found out that Sean Connery passed away at age 90. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, we do, uh, you know, entertainment and stuff on this, um, on this uh, show that we do and want to want to talk to you about some of your favorite Connery roles real quick. And um, you know, maybe uh, what you most remember him in from like your earlier years uh, with him and, you know, talk a little Connery before we, we jump off into uh, some of the, some of the other things that we've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. He did. He did. He passed away. We literally just found out about sort of just being reported about right now. And like you said, I, you know, he had a great and storied career. He had a great life. Uh, he, he was, he was much older. I, and I don't know in like what state of health he was in, but I will say that people were still uh, photographing him going to games with his kids and things like that, to soccer games and stuff of that nature. So he was still getting out and about. It looked like he was spending time with his family. And so it is, it is sad. He leaves a big legacy behind. Now, as you pointed out, um, Connery really hasn't been in the spotlight for a number of years. He really, his last movie was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He did uh, he, he did a little bit of voice work on a kind of cheap Scottish animated film called Uncle Billy back in, I want to say 2009 or 2010, about an old man and a goat. But <laughs> I, I saw clips and I didn't see feel the need to see um, the rest of it. Right. But yeah, he has such a great legacy. And for me... Growing up and seeing him, I mean, I think when I really sort of became aware of him was in the uh, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. I think that's when it's like, and he had a couple of years there where, uh, as a year or two after Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, there was a hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't know if, if giving away too much here is, is, is movies that probably weren't appropriate for me to watch as a kid, but I probably first noticed him in Highlander. Right. Honestly. Yes. And, yes. And, and he has a relatively small role in the movie, but I remembered that, that role. The other movie that I saw him in growing up that was sort of in my mind, uh, but until I saw like Last Crusade start, started to put together, hey, there's this guy. Because obviously he was James Bond, but I didn't see the James Bond movies growing up. Yeah. Um, and it was more. It was less that oh, you can't watch these, and more that my family just wasn't really a big James into Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I saw them later, and I I was probably I think I probably saw Moonraker or some of the Dalton ones because they were coming out around the time I was growing up. Then I did see Connery's. I kind of saw Connery's when I started seeing them on when we had cable and saw them on TBS. The other movie was Time Bandits with Sean, with um, 
Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits. Yes. Sean Connery has a small role in there where he is the King Agamemnon and the little boy who's traveling through time comes and finds him. And he sort of becomes a surrogate father for a while. And that is probably honestly where I probably connected with him first and then later kind of put the dots together. But Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is where suddenly you're like, I want to see some more movies with the Sean Connery guy. And obviously he was a bit older even by that point, even by Highlander, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I think I think probably you and I have um, similar experiences. Now, I do remember as Bond uh, a little earlier because um, my family was bigger into Bond. And so I remember watching those when I was younger. But like you said, um, you know, seeing Highlander probably much uh, younger than I should have. Um, and then definitely the Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, you know, Hunt for Red October. I remember actually seeing Hunt for Red October in theaters. Um, I was going to see something else and it was sold out. So we ended up going to see that one instead. Um, so yeah, you know, just, uh, such profound, uh, profound roles and, you know, things that, um, really, you know, stick with you in terms of his acting and his ability. Um, and- particularly Highlander two, the quickening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that one? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. The train wreck that should have never happened. <laughs> oh no. I absolutely believe it should have happened because if it didn't exist, I wouldn't have it. Like I honestly love that movie. I don't love that movie with any, like ironically or anything good. like that. <laughs> Not even ironically. Well, see, here's the thing about it is it is a train wreck, but you have a lot of campy overacting from Michael Ironside, who I yes. love from John C. McGinley, who I love from Sean Connery, who I love. Christopher Lambert's doing sort of no acting, but, I mean, that's kind of what he does. And and uh, Virginia Madsen's in that movie. What's weird is they had this beautiful set in that film, and no one wrote, like, a script, so they're just making it up as they go along. And there's scenes of Sean Connery using all of his positive energy in his body to levitate a fan while Amazing Grace plays in the background. Right. I mean, I think the people that say this movie's terrible, it is terrible. It's obviously terrible, but... I wouldn't get as much enjoyment out of movies if there were not also terrible movies, enjoyably terrible movies. And I think, I think this one is still fun. Like I, I love the first movie, but the second movie, all the other sequels are sort of like they were boring bad. I don't yeah. think Highlander two is boring bad. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, fair enough. That's hysterical. That's awesome, man. Oh. I also liked Medicine Man. Did you ever see Medicine Man? I don't think that's necessarily a good movie either. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in years. But it was Sean Connery out in the Amazon with Lorraine Bracco, and they were like looking for a cure amidst the rainforest that was in the process of being cut down. It was I, a little had that ecological thriller element to it. I do. I have a vague memory of that, but I don't. Um, it. If I did see it, it would have been um, like one time in in years ago when I was younger. So I, I don't remember that one. Um, like I have images of it in my head, but I don't remember it clearly enough um, to, you know, I don't know if I, the images I have are from the trailers or from the movie itself. <laughs> <laughs> and Connery does have a share of bad ones. Like in addition to Highlander too, but there was a really weird one from the eighties called or seventies called Zardoz, where he's basically wearing this rubber, like thong thing. <laughs> Red, red thong and nothing else really. <laughs> have you ever seen that one? I have not. I have not. Oh my word! It's a post-apocalyptic uh, movie. I almost want to spoil the ending because it deals with the title. But they're looking for this legendary Zardoz, which is a big floating rock head that comes down <laughs> from the sky. And eventually, when they realize what Zardoz is, 
and where the, the title comes from, it's totally ridiculous. It's like a bad <laughs> Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> oh, too funny. I he was will... in a bear costume in the Avengers, not the not the Marvel Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Ray Fiennes yeah. and uh, Uma Thurman. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I will give a shout out because he in later years, like in the 90s, he kind of had that resurgence to late 90s because he had like The Rock, which was a pretty good action movie, yep. my memory of it, but probably the best Michael Bay movie. Yep. And Dragonheart. That's one I think probably. Yeah. I wonder how many kids know him for Dragonheart, even though Dragon, Dragonheart's got like four sequels. Or right. Something. Right. But I was really impressed with the synergy between how that animal looked and his personality. Yes. Like, I think that was a pretty cool early example of a cgi character with the voice actor inhabiting it yes yeah i agree uh, Dragonheart is definitely i remember um you know growing up when i was uh younger uh in high school i worked at sears and in sears we were always looking for appropriate movies that we could throw in and demo the tvs and things like that and Dragonheart was one of those that we would put in and um, you know, I, I remember just, um, sitting, sitting there and watching that, you know, on, on nights when you knew you weren't going to get a lot of business. Uh, and so I, re- I really enjoy Dragonheart as well. Um, and then you, you've got some of the ones that went a little bit later on, like, um, Entrapment. Uh, that's and, a good one too. Yeah. 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 A little and, silly that to try to romantically tie him with Catherine Zeta-Jones, but well, she always ended up with the older guy. Right. I was going to say you think that, but then you're like, well, wait a minute. She's married to Michael <laughs> Douglas, who's what, like 20 or 25 years older than her. And it's like, okay, maybe it's not so silly. <laughs> and yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And then I don't think I, – I didn't Connery get a Oscar nom for Finding Forrester, which I don't know that it's one of his better movies, but I think he finally did get – yeah, a nomination. I think I think you're right. And and like you said, it's it's maybe not one of his better movies, but it's still a really good solid movie. Um and definitely worth checking out if you haven't. Um and then, you know, as you and I said his last one, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um and what what were your thoughts on that one, Nathan? I know we've talked about it before, but I can't I remember. I feel like if I say anything too bad about it, the people that just heard me praise Highlander 2 are going to be like, "What the heck is wrong with you?" <laughs> But I, it's kind of, the problem with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is it came out the same, well, there's many problems with it, but it came out the same weekend as Pirates of the Caribbean. And I remember seeing the trailers and knowing the source material for, for both, one right. being a theme park right. and one being a relatively <laughs> decent graphic novel. Right. And I remember seeing the trailers and being like, or, or, or I don't know if I saw too many trailers for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because the trailers were not super great, but I'm like, okay, there's this dumb Johnny Depp pirate movie coming out in Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. And Jen and I were dating at the time. We went to the theater on a Wednesday to because I saw Pirates was on the, the marquee. And I thought mistakenly that, oh, both big movies just came out today. So we went there with the intention of seeing Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen and then realized, oh, no, it actually doesn't come out till Friday. So we saw Pirates. And that movie was so beyond expectations, regardless of, you know, people probably feel burned out on it now. Right. But you were sitting there expecting this train wreck and you were like, oh, a lot of these good, fun, quirky performances. And it had that matinee adventure feel. It was everything you were expecting to get from Lee Extraordinary Gentleman. Yeah. And that movie felt so choppy and so poorly thrown together. It is clear that that movie, the final result that you have is you can't even necessarily uh, appraise what it 
could have been because of how it just doesn't feel niche together. You might enjoy pieces of it, but the special effects are clearly unfinished in certain scenes. Yeah. Some of the action scenes don't connect. Some of the character decisions are weird. And Connery seems like he's actually actively irritated through some of the movie. And I think he was actively irritated through most of the production because of how haphazard it became. That director, Stephen Norrington, had done Blade, and he had gotten a lot of accolades for that. But his career crashed and burned. And they were interviewing Connery at like a red carpet event. And they were like, where's the director? He goes, maybe in a mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> have you checked the ho- Have you checked the mental hospitals? I think it's the exact quote that he said. But that oh, movie word. has him, Connery playing old Alan Quartermain. Yep. It's got Dr. It's got uh, Henry Jekyll. It has Mina Harker. It has all these great characters, Captain Nemo. Yep. And he is in that one. He is actually of Indian descent and his, his uh, Nautilus looks cool. It has a very like streamlined knife shape. To yeah. it. it's, yeah. Everything about the production suggests that it should be amazing. And it's, it just doesn't really work for me. I like, I sit there and I keep willing it to be a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it just won't get there. <laughs> no, I don't. So I don't know how you felt. I know there are some people who enjoy it who maybe saw it like outside of that context, but to me, it's like, it's just a waste of resources, like of everything you had lined up. Yeah. And this is what happened. I will say I have, I have not seen it in um, probably about 10 years now. I remember the first time I saw it uh, liking it. I didn't think there was anything that was overly remarkable about it. Um, but I've seen it in subsequent years. Like I said, t- about 10 years ago now is, is probably the last time I saw it. And, and it's the same thing that I had the first time I saw it. Like, I can't really tell you anything good or anything bad about it, which is one of the reasons why it's probably been 10 years since I've gone back to it. I think the reason why I saw it 10 years ago was joy had not seen the movie yet. And I was like, Oh, you know, you might enjoy this one. Um, and I can't remember if she liked it or not as well. Uh, probably not since we haven't seen it in 10 years. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's not one that I could, you know, truly say, um, I absolutely enjoyed it for this reason or absolutely did not like it for this reason. Um, so I, it, it's one that I, I hesitate to go back and rewatch because I have an ambivalent, uh, kind of memory toward it. So I don't know if I want to tarnish that or not. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I would say I is it got a lot of really trashed reviews, and I understand why because from a critical analysis perspective, it is kind of a train wreck. It's someone taking a great idea and balling it up and just saying, you know, you, you give this. You're a teacher who's trying to help the kid out who 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 needs a kind of boost, and you're like, give him the best possible topic, give him the best resources, and he comes back and he's just glued them all together in a right. big ball, and he turns it in like here, and you're like, oh, I should I should have given this to that kid over there. Right. He's going to get an A anyway. Right. Uh, that's probably unfair to Norrington, but I do think that it's not a terrible, terrible movie. It has moments where you kind of see what it could have been. But the two last ones I want to mention because we've talked a while about Connery, but I, you know, I think he deserves it. He did have a great career, and he yeah. has a lot of. Very good movies. Two that I want to mention. One I, I don't think is a great movie, but he did play many interesting characters over his career. And he did get a chance to play both King Arthur and Robin Hood at two yes. separate points. Yep. And I don't think First Night is a very good movie, honestly. It's not a bad movie, and it's not a it's a better movie than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I think uh, the problem is it almost tries to be like romance novel, like yeah. King Arthur. Yeah. Uh, me and, and it needs more Connery. I think the problem is Connery is Arthur. And 
uh, Richard Gere as Lancelot, and you're never you're like, why would Guinevere bother with Lancelot if seeing Sean Connery is King Arthur? Right, <laughs> difference and all. Like, and he's so good as Arthur that, he, and, but he's not. He's sidelined by all the other stuff going on that you sort of wish this was just the King Arthur story, you know. Yeah, uh, he was in yeah. a great movie called Wind and the Lion, uh, and uh, but Robin and Marion from the I want it's just, I think that's also from the seventies. He played there, and it's him and it's on. Um, yeah, it's him and uh, Catherine Hepburn, and they play old, uh, um, you know, Marion and Robin Hood. And in that film, also Robert Shaw from Jaws is playing the Sheriff of Nottingham. Nice. So you get this kind of older characters, and it's not as light as you think it would be, but I'd recommend people search that movie out if you sit there and you're thinking about all the Connery movies you've seen. Uh, Robin and Marion is a really good one. Nice, nice. Well, that's, yeah, and and I'm sure, you know, um, we we may decide, you know, to do, uh, go back and do uh, another series on something and, and he might pop up in that. So we'll, we'll definitely be thinking about uh, Connery over the next uh, years. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's weird because, you know, we said he really hasn't been in the limelight. And so there, there are different points where I feel like, man, I wonder if he's still alive or not. And, you know, then you come to the point where you actually get confirmation that he passed away and you're like, Oh, that, you know, that's a bummer because I do, you know, it does bring back all the memories that you have, of seeing the actor in uh, various um, movies and, and things like that. So, and the last thing I'll say is like, you know, good for him though, that he kind of got out at the point, you know, yeah, you figure yeah. that was 2003. And so that is what, that's a good, like 17, 17 years, years of, of yeah. retirement of just enjoying your life and, yeah. uh, and leaving behind a legacy. And, you know, there were talks about how he turned down a lot, you know, when he was doing these movies like the Avengers and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he was turning down Morpheus in the Matrix. He was turning down Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And so those are interesting things to keep in mind. But yeah, um, it's uh, it is it is sad, but it is also kind of cool just to remember that, hey, he did leave behind a very, very potent legacy bond itself. I mean, his James Bond is the best James Bond, I still believe, yeah. because it captured the fantasy of the character but it also gave him a little he was more imposing than most of the others i understand people like um and i don't dislike him they like uh uh, daniel craig and Mm -hmm. i think he's good but i don't know i think that connery had all the elements going for him yeah yeah and and he had i think the most robust with I, i i can't remember if it was uh six or seven um, movies that he did. Um, and so at this point, I think he still is, he's either tied or is, um, leading with the number of bond movies that have, um, that have been put out there. So. Yes. And I, and, and he did came back and did one too. Uh, never, uh, was it never say never again? Hmm. Uh, that was done by it's technically like outside of canon because I think a different studio made it. Kim Basinger was in it, and I'm trying to remember. I think Max von Sydow may have also been in it, and um, I also could be making things up. I know it was a, no, <laughs> you're Connery right. Did you, come back. I, I don't remember was, the name of the movie, uh, which one specifically it was, but you are correct. He did. He he had done um, all of them sequenced in a row, and then stopped, and then came back to do another one later. I was just looking this up with a friend of mine recently, but you are correct on that. 
Yeah, it was 83, and it was Sean Connery. Max von Sydow was Blofeld, so he was like the villain. Kim Basinger was in it, um, and it had a Rowan Atkinson was in it, and oh, that's too uh, funny. Bernie Casey, and uh, it, yeah, just a whole cast of people. And my memory of it is that it was a fun movie, but he was older. He was the older uh, Bond, and it wasn't like the same ways it would be when you have him, he's almost, it's funny because he has that movie. And then when he comes back and does the rock and he's playing this imprisoned sort of a British agent that they've got hidden in this cell somewhere, he's almost getting to play him again in a sense, you know, it's sort of unspoken, but the idea is, Hey, this is, this is old James Bond coming back to like, and I, I need to revisit that movie, the rock. I mean, it's, that's Nicholas cage when he was at the right balanced level of caginess. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, Ed Harris is in that and he does a great job. Oh man. Yeah. Um, Ed Harris, Tony Todd from Candyman has a small role. Uh, Michael Biehn is in there. Um, Man. And that is just a fun, fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. That was one that I, um, that I enjoyed. Actually, I think if it's not the I think it might actually be the first movie that Jim Caviezel is in as well. He uh, he has a small role as a fighter pilot that um, uh, when when they're gonna bomb it. Um, oh so, really? Huh? Yeah, I can't remember. Like I said, I can't remember if it's like his first movie, but it, it's it's one of them, and it's just a small role that he gets credited for um, at the end. So, all right, well. Um, we have, again, uh, so Nathan, you and I were going to, uh, have this, uh, really, uh, in my opinion, what was going to be a robust discussion about the Mandalorian. Um, and we found out that, you know, uh, Connery passed away. And so we wanted to dedicate time to that. Um, but we also want to dedicate time to Halloween. And so what I think we should do is we should table the Mandalorian for the end if we have time. Because The Mandalorian is um, an ongoing series, and so we are definitely going to come back to it anyway. Um, And let's talk some Halloween stuff, because um, I know that you like to do Halloween up big. Um, Usually we get together for Halloween. I remember last year you were dressed as this blow-up cowboy with uh riding a dinosaur and yes. i had, i had dressed as woody and everybody was like look it's look it's rex and woody from toy story that's right i forgot about that <laughs> last year was weird arguably not as weird as this year in terms of like what we deal with but i remember yeah. being very warm and there was a weird like mist in the air and everything yes. it was kind of strange and i feel like not everybody was out and of course that will probably be doubly so this year but yeah man halloween's not going to be the same this year we discuss this and i don't it doesn't look like we may see each other we may yeah. who knows um yeah we'll, we'll i see. may drive my kids to your house and you can <laughs> that's right that's right hey dude we've got five big bowls of candy because i just i didn't know what to expect and you know we just moved into a new house this year and i told joy my one fear wherever i live is not being prepared for kids coming to the house that yeah. would just that would suck and so I'm like, I, I went all out, bought tons of candy, and I'm like, we are going to be ready for this. I think you should just leave it in a bowl and just come let- over to our place and but have it rigged so that if a child <laughs> takes more than one, it explodes. The bowl, not the child. But you can do whatever you want. I don't care. We'll do we'll do like a carry setup. If they take more than one, just blood will come There's down a, and pour right. over. <laughs> The trap door opens and they fall into a big thing of pig slime or something. I don't know. 
Oh, but um, it is still a great time of the year. And I, I think regardless of um, who comes out and what we see, uh, there are still certain things that that make this uh, season that make this day uh, just a fun day. Uh, last night, we, we do this every year. We get together with my aunt and uncle, and we put in The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. And we did that last night. They came over to our house. They brought a big bowl of chili or a big pot of chili. And, you know, we, we dug into some of the candy. And, it, and it's just, it's one of those things that was like, you know, this is the Halloween season. Um, and I know uh, you're going to do what you typically do. Nathan, you're going to set up some lawn chairs and you're going to be projecting your movie. Um, and you've actually added to some of your decorations as well this year because, you know, usually the front of your house is all decorated and even inside your house, all decorated and fun for the time and season. And so talk to talk to me a little bit about, you know, what you're planning on doing in order to accommodate this this COVID Halloween that we're going to have this year? What we did, we are going to have candy out, and we're going to try to have it out at the end of the walk as well for people who want to, like, just take it and go. But uh, And we'll make it some trick-or-treaters. I think some of our neighbors in, this, in the neighborhood are going to do that as well, so we might walk the kids around there. But we're also going to put it out, and a couple of the kids, uh, my son is in scouts. We may let them know the, some of his scout buddies. He doesn't get to see too much. Say, hey, why don't you guys come on over, and we'll put chairs out. And they can kind of social distance. And uh, we usually have a Halloween party. We aren't doing it quite to that level where we've invited less people and we're trying to distance among you know usually our parents and everybody's there at one time and we're deciding now we're not going to do that we saw my parents last night and they set up a really fun my mother i'll have to send some some pictures or something or put some pictures maybe up on the thing she had done really gone out for the kids and had made like all these crafts made these witches cousin it they decorated the whole inside of the garage they have also bought a projector at like the um prime day deals yeah and we had done the same. We have a projector, but it's a pain to get that projector, take it. It's our main, like, it's almost like our television downstairs. And, you know, we have a TV, but then the basement, that's kind of the television. And so to take it and take all the speakers and everything and move it out is a pain. So we got this little, much smaller, and even has a DVD player on top of it. And, a, you know, the budget projector, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And it's perfect because you can kind of put it under your arm. You can hook it up to a Bluetooth and you just put it out in the yard. And so we took Johnny's train table, which lays on the ground, two pieces and have turned that into the screen nice and i think so we're gonna have that out there kids who come by who want to stand from the thing and look at it and watch it and, uh can and if if some kids some people want to come by and sit you know like people we know they can do that so we're trying to have more of a halloween party vibe i think for the kids yeah. not so much the adult vibe but if anyway if you or anyone else wants to come by and stop by you're welcome to that's not an invitation to anyone listening to this podcast that's right, just right. An invitation to you <laughs> but um to, to interact with the neighbors and things like that and have and have fun we did add this year jack skellington because we couldn't do a whole lot my kids were like at the store and this is giant like you know it's like the 10 foot <laughs> the yeah, blow yeah. Up one and they're like we want to do this i'm like okay this is our decoration this year right right so we have the, we've got him set up and we've got a couple other things set up and uh they were trying to get me to buy a fog machine and i almost did but i decided <laughs> not to because i could just imagine them choking on the fog and being like turn it off and i'm like okay great there goes 30 bucks but um <laughs> So we're not doing that. Movie-wise, what we're going to probably play on that projector will be more like kid-friendly stuff. Um, we have, uh, you know, Charlie Brown's not playing on TV this year, but we have it. So we can play right. Charlie Brown. We played Garfield, yeah, a few nights ago. The Halloween tree is always fun. There's a couple of um, 
there's a couple movies that have come out too that I that are on streaming. The nice thing is being able to to hook it up to say like your your Fire Stick is that and uh, you can then kind of play all the things that are on streaming. And streaming's put out some decent Halloween related things, you know, recently. Uh, yeah. Uh, HBO Max has The Witches. I don't think it's as good as the old version of The Witches, but Netflix has the old version of The Witches, the one from the nineties. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And it, it really is like, that, that's one of the things that I've always enjoyed about Halloween is it's been such a great, um, season for community. You know, you think about Thanksgiving, you think about Christmas to me, those are great holidays for family. Uh, being being with family, you know, whether you travel or stay home. Um, I know, you know, over the past couple of years, uh, you've hosted some Christmas things that Joy and I have attended, which we've absolutely uh, loved um, coming in and, and being a part of that, you know, after the day is done, kind of this evening dinner. And, um, you know, I, I've, I told Joy, it, it, I almost liken it to, you know, like watching, um, you know, Charles Dickens, a Christmas Carol where, you know, the evening, the adults get together and they have their party. Um, and that's really been fun, but Halloween is more of a community thing where, where members of the community are getting together, um, for this purpose of, you know, uh, celebrating, uh, innocence, childhood, you know, dressing up, going around, you know, collecting this candy, giving it, you know, uh, just so much going on. That's really such a fun experience. You know, I, I love seeing all the children coming and how they're dressed up and what they look like. I love dressing up myself. Um, and so, you know, being able to take part in that and be a part of that community is, is such a really um, awesome experience and awesome feeling. Um, as you said, things are a little different, so we don't know quite what to expect. Um, Joy and I moved into a new house. And so, you know, one of the reasons why I don't know if I'll see you this year or not is at our former house, we didn't get any trick or treaters. So it was easy just to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to turn the light off and, um, you know, in case the odd one wanders down to the end of the dark dead end street anyway. Um, but this year we are in more of a neighborhood. And so, you know, I just told joy, Hey, you know, being part of this neighborhood, I want to, I want to make sure that we're prepared. And, and I might take your suggestion too, and just be like, all right, put the, put the bowl out on the, you know, front porch and, and just let it be. Um, but, uh, you know, but we also are expecting, um, you know, we mentioned before that my wife's um, sister, uh, our nephew has cancer. So they're up in Philadelphia getting treatment for all of that stuff. And so she's like, well, I want I want to bring my other three children out. But Philadelphia has just had their whole uprising thing a few days ago. And she's like, I really don't want to bring them around up there. So she's going to bring them down here um, to where we are uh, in Maryland. And we're going to take them around to some of the neighborhoods that we know are doing some distancing things. And, and like, you know, you offered and we might take you up on that, bring them over to your neighborhood as well. Just giving them an opportunity to get out and and do something fun and normal, um, you know, for them as well, you know, not only do they have all the stuff with COVID going on, but they have all the stuff with their brother that they've got to be cautious about too. So having that opportunity to just, you know, have fun and, and celebrate, you know, this, this time of the year. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, and that's, that's one of the things I think that the big thing is 
most of this stuff this year, we everyone keeps going 2020 is this and that. And it is 2020 is going to be what it is. And yeah. I, I hope we're in for more for more positive days, but I have no idea. And then right. neither, neither do any of us really. So it's really, you know, with us and with the kids and everything's been, well, how do we make the very best of it? And in some ways, this has probably been the most busy and most hectic and most topsy-turvy fall, but we've still managed to have a really good time. And in some ways, because of our efforts, I think have made it really uh, maybe more fun than it would have been because you're, you're not just kind of going through the motions. You really have to sort of put some effort into it in a sense. Sure. Sure. So. And, and I know for myself, I mean, everybody, you know, is, is done with 2020 and over 20 with 2020. And I, I you know, I, it's not been an ideal year. There have been some things that have happened that it's like, you know, this, this isn't great, but I, you know, Joy and I keep talking and it's like one of, one of the things that we are so thankful for is we probably, well, we definitely would not have been able to have gotten um, the house that we were getting in without everything that happened. Like it was, it was a, a, a right time to for us to get in the house because we had already seen this house things were closing down with covid so you were only being able to do virtual tours and so it was in a moment where you know the the sellers were like oh we don't know what's going on so we know these people are interested let's work out a deal with them where you know now i'm talking to people and the housing market is just exploding um and you know uh, so we look at things and we're like, you know what? Yeah, there have been a lot of not ideal things. Things aren't normal. They're not the normal of what we would be normally dealing with, you know, with masks and all of that stuff. But, but you know, let's face it. At the end of the day, um, the the true shutdown of people being locked in their house was a couple uh, month period. Um, I think what from like April till June somewhere in there. Um, yeah. As long as we don't go back to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and but, but, you know, even during that time, you know, you and I were talking, Nathan, even during that time, restaurants were still delivering. They weren't open for you to go, but they were still delivering. So, you know, if you wanted to, to order food in, you were able to do that. And, and there were different options like that. But now we're at the point where, you know what, if if I want to go and get something to eat, I can go to a restaurant, get something to eat. Um, I can go out. Uh, Joy and I went out to the mall last week. You know, we were we were all masked up, but, you know, we needed to make a run to the mall. So we went there and we were able to walk around and, and run our errands at the mall. And, you know, life is going on and things I think people are are coming out and doing more. The question is, you know, how much more and how many people, you know, um, I can tell you when I was at the mall, it was, um, it, it was, you know, pretty busy. I mean, the food court was pretty packed with people, um, who were, you know, get, I mean, I, I don't think those, those, uh, food places, excuse me, at the mall had seen so much business in, in years. I mean, um, I remember going to the mall before this and, you know, on a Saturday and just, you know, it being kind of sad where it's like, hey, it's open. Let's go. Um, so, you know, but but I think I, I I personally don't think it's been horrible. I think that there have been a lot of um, great 
experiences. Um, I, I look back on 2020 and I'm not one of those people that's like, oh man, I can't wait for 2020 to be done with. Because again, the fact of the matter is, how do you know 2021 is going to be any better? Um, but, you know, just... Everybody said with 2019 right now, people are like, I wish I was in 2019. Right, right, exactly. And and so, you know, the fact is things could get a whole lot better. They could get a whole lot worse. But taking taking what you've got and making the most of it and saying, hey, these are the things that we're going to do to, you know... Uh, just move forward and make good experiences with things. You know, I know your family, even, you know, during the quarantine and lockdown and not having really access to movie theaters, which was, um, you know, a big portion of, of um, time and entertainment for your family. You know, you decided to go ahead and take advantage of the on-demand buying stuff that they were releasing. You know, and so things like that, that it's like, hey, we, we found, yeah, this, we, but... we found the drive-in movie theater. That's yeah. been really cool. And you and we've gone with you guys a couple times as yep. well. Yep. And so just looking at, okay, what is available to us and how can we make this good? And so I think, I think this Halloween thing is going to be the same thing. It's like, you know what? Yeah, we, we all know it's not going to be the same, but you know what? That doesn't mean that we can't make it fun. We can't make it good. Um and so, you know, planning on doing that, I think, is, you know, is the healthy thing to do. Just, hey, what can we do to make this a fun experience? You know, I honestly, if I had children, I don't know if I'd be going out, but I can tell you that I'd be doing what I do every year. I'd be buying candy and we'd be watching Halloween movies and they'd be dressing up and, you know, um, just having a good time with it. So, um yeah, it's it is like I said, it's exciting to hear that you all are still doing things and and as a community you're going to be, you know, engaging with one another in whatever form that looks like. Yeah, definitely. And I think the main thing of course is just doing it with I hate to say it with common sense and yeah. safety yeah. and understanding that COVID is real and it and and I think most places we are experiencing some spikes. But that's not necessarily you've got to go hide. Right. It's just find that we're at the we're at the stage of of adapting your life to deal with the reality. Yes. And that's what everything is, but adapting to reality. So when you hear Nathan or myself advocating to go out and, and, and do things, we are not saying ignore science or anything else because i think that's that's the other end of the spectrum or even to do what you're not comfortable with because i think the thing is you can be 100 percent quarantined and you can be someone who maybe is susceptible and therefore staying completely inside your home and not even stepping foot outside and you can still enjoy the holiday in some ways and in fact i think that's a good segue there's some really cool uh, online, the the internet, podcasts, and everything—they've really flourished during this time. Yes, finding interesting ways to do things. Um, I saw, I was watching a video. Now, a lot of these have been kind of because we have the election coming up. There have been people doing a lot of like voter sort of fundraising, rock the vote kind of things. But some of them have been pretty cool. I saw Tenacious D was singing the Time Warp from Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> and Jack Black was really getting into it. And I think he was wearing a halter top at one point. And then eventually nothing. But it is totally worth your time to check that out. But like tonight, I know that there is a live thing, I think, where the, the cast of Fright Night is getting together and re reading the script for that movie. And I don't know if you ever saw that movie growing up, um, Nathan, 
It involves a – have you ever seen it? I have not. I, I do know the premise of it, but I have not seen yeah. it. So Chris Sarandon, who is the voice of Jack Skellington, which is, you know, uh, a very popular, obviously, Halloween figure. Yep. He – and he was also Prince Humperdinck in Princess Bride, which is where most people probably, I, I recognize him from. Yep. Uh, he's – it's basically rear window. The kid sees a vampire next door and he needs help. So he goes and he gets the help of a washed-up horror movie host who he thinks can help him fight the vampire. In the old movie, it was Roddy McDowell, who was obviously passed. And tonight for their reading, they've got Mark Hamill to read – Peter Vincent. So okay. uh, anyone who likes Fright Night will probably be uh, like up for that. But Chris Sarand and everybody else are coming back to to read their parts. So uh, the, I guess the point is you can always find something. And Netflix and Amazon, they've all really gone out of the way. I'm excited about Truth Seekers on Amazon Prime. Are you familiar with this? No. Brand no. So Truth Seekers is the latest thing from Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, and, nice. And, and it's cool because normally Simon Pegg for many years has been the 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 more prominent one, right? In terms yeah. of like if there's a movie with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, Nick Frost is the buddy and Simon Pegg is the star. Yep. And this one, Simon Pegg is the side character and Nick Frost is the star. Nice. And it, it looks like from what I can tell just from the trailer, it seems like he might be a guy who's basically uh, – He's a cable guy, tech guy by day, the driving out to places and making sure they're all set up correctly. But then he's on his side. He's also doing paranormal investigating. And I think he's combining both. <laughs> and uh, they, they saddled him with a new guy. And so it looks pretty funny. It looks, it looks spooky, but it also looks uh, like it's going to be a really good time in the first episode. I, I'm not sure if it's – I haven't looked to see how it works, um, whether they put everything up or just like one episode. Yep. But I do know the first episode is up. It's on my list of things to watch uh, as soon as I can. But, uh, yeah, Truth Seekers, if you've got Amazon Prime, it's up there. If you're a fan of horror movies, they've got a lot of horror movies on Amazon Prime right now. They have uh, Into the Blumhouse, uh, Jason Blum, who's a production company who's done things like – uh, the Insidious movies and the, the Saw films and things like that. They've, um, or not, not Saw, I'm sorry, the Paranormal Activity films. They have uh, done four separate movies um, that are they're a little bit different than your average Halloween horror movie. So yeah. I think that there's some really cool stuff there. Uh, Hulu's got some nice stuff out, including a TV series called Monsterland. It's nice. very creepy. Shudder has a really cool anthology movie called The Mortuary Collection. And then you have all those classic horror movies. The Universal Monster movies are a yes. great place to start yes. if you're looking for family horror uh, to, to, to watch. And there's a new Scooby-Doo movie. In fact, there's two new Scooby-Doo movies this year. Yeah. <laughs> there was the theatrical movie, which I thought was eh. It was a little too superhero for me. It was fine, but it wasn't the sub Scooby-Doo that I relate to. Scooby-Doo I relate to has a new animated film that I've rented and we're going to watch tonight. Uh that it's the standard cheesy animation. Matthew Lillard comes back from the live action films, the voice Fred <laughs> and nice. Cassandra Peterson, AKA Elvira is in there. And so is Bill Nye, the science guy. So, and there's giant monster pumpkins. So it's everything you would want from your classic. If you saw the movie and thought, man, this is not the Scooby-Doo I wanted. Maybe this one will be nice. Nice. Yeah. That's how about you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's kind of my plan uh, tonight is just putting in some of those movies. Um, you know, one of the ones that I enjoy every year and I'll be putting in Young Frankenstein, um, not not totally kid appropriate, but, uh, you know, uh, definitely it's, one of my favorites. 
It's not bad. It's not too far off, though. I would say that most of what probably is not kid appropriate in Young Frankenstein, by and large, will f- fly over, over most heads. heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't. It's not a thing where someone's dropping an a, a, yeah, like yeah. A, a bunch of uh, curse words. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, that's definitely one that I'll be I'll be putting in tonight and watching. And then, yeah, I mean, all the all the classics that um, you know that you mentioned, I can I can remember just. Uh, so many um, growing up, you know, I mean, th- this was this was a thing with cartoons that I can remember is, you know, the Halloween time would come around and cartoons would put out these these specials. And so you have, you know, like uh, a Winnie the Pooh, you know, the, the, the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. They did a Halloween special. You have, um, I, you know, I mean, of course, the Beetlejuice, you know, not just the live action one, but there was a cartoon that came out. Um, shortly after that, which was uh, a fun cartoon uh, to watch and see where where Lydia actually teams up with Beetlejuice. Um, And so, you know, there are so many options and so many uh, shows to to watch and put out there. Netflix, you know, you mentioned things that are going on. Netflix has put out a couple of uh, what look like fun, fun shows. One of them was... um, uh, babysitter Academy or something like that, where they're hunting these monsters. Oh, the babysitter's guide to monster hunting. Yes. Yes. I yes. forgot about that. And, um, you know, it, it, it looks like just a fun, um, adventure movie, uh, from, from what the previews seem to indicate. There's, um, there's one that's like what vampires in Brooklyn or something like that. <laughs> vampires versus the Bronx. Yes. I'm so glad yes. you reminded me. Yes. So it feels a million years between when these things come out because they come out so much. All of those came out in the same month, and yes. it's like you're just on to the next thing. Um, I, and then if you're an Adam Sandler fan, yes. there is Hubie Halloween. Yes. <laughs> Did you watch this? I have not seen it yet, but I had a friend who was like, "It's it's all Adam Sandler in this movie." Like you know, if you if you enjoy classic Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore, Billy Mad, you know, all of those things, it is. It is Adam Sandler, and you will not be disappointed if you enjoy that. And so I'm like, you know, I I remember recently going back and watching Happy Gilmore and being like, oh, my goodness, this takes me back to my sixth grade self. And so I I am planning on checking that one out as well. So and I can give you quick rundowns on all three of these. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The Monster Monster Hunters thing is actually pretty – you watch it, and it's it's a lot like these other kind of – uh, fantasy, the kind of um, adolescent fantasy films that have been coming out. The yep. budget on it is a little bit more. This is directed by Rachel Talley, who back in the day has done Freddy's Dead, and Tank Girl, and she's actually from Baltimore, so that's kind of cool. But nice. she uh, she's the director, and it's done. It's 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 a little bit more higher budget than say something like The Descendants or something like that. That's also popular. Yeah, it's based off a book series. Is it going to blow anybody's hair back? Probably not. I watched it with the kids; they enjoyed it. I was not um, offended by it mm-hmm. and it is, and it's a movie that I watch and look at and say, yeah, th- when there were certain movies when we were growing up that weren't of, or someone who's maybe not, uh, who's younger than we are, who might remember like growing up in a Halloween town was on TV in the late nineties yeah. or something yeah. like that. And some of those movies and it's, it's in peace with those. And I think you, if you're a critic going in to look at this and see that they make a great fantasy movie, not quite an interesting fun fact, uh, and I'll leave it for everyone to decide how well he does. But um, the actor who plays, uh, uh, you know, Tom Fenton, who plays uh, Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies, yep. is the villain in this one. 
Nice. So uh, you kind of have that to look forward to. And it's um, it does have that fun sense. The monsters are not scary looking. Even Fenton's uh, uh, boogeyman is not uh, – He's really perturbed because what he needs to do is get into this kid child's head and uh, and take the dream. But in order to do that, he has to get the child to go to sleep. And his ninety <laughs> percent of, of of his time screen time is not menacing the babysitters. He's just the frustration of a parent who can't get a child to go to sleep. So <laughs> it is kind of fun. I suggest anyone who's just looking for kind of a fun time, you'll enjoy it with your kids. Um, then what was the other one we mentioned? There were the there were vampires three. in the Bronx. Vampires, vampires versus the Bronx is right. going to be more of your older kid, PG thirteen territory, and uh, but it is fun because it's almost Goonies Monster Squad esque with these urban kids nice. fighting what are basically like Anne Rice slash Twilight esque haughty white vampires, <laughs> and it's these these. African American kids that are like okay, you know, and it's there. So these vampires uh, look like the the kind you'd expect in a big super powered fantasy movie, but they're fighting these kids who are you know they got their stakes and their crosses and they're not going to take any, you know. So I actually like that one a lot. It was a lot of fun. Of the three, that's the best one, but it's also the least family friendly. Like you definitely don't. You, it's not the same audience uh, per se. You're not going to watch it with your not, little kids. More your teenagers. Than yeah, anything. or or if you if you if you've got a if you've got a ten or eleven year old that you feel you know because in addition to that there are other elements going on. There's old you know it's weird to have you know it's the Bronx. So they're talking about gentrification. They're talking about racial strife a little bit. These aren't the the main points of right, the show, right, but, but those things yeah. come up. Uh, and then there should be Halloween has none of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although it does, it does have Kevin uh, James looking like Kurt Russell's character from The Thing on a Twinkie binge, and I looked at him and I thought, man, my beard is at the right place where I could just play this character <laughs> if I get a pair of sunglasses. Uh, you, you basically right. You said it's like the nostalgia of looking at being, man. I remember when I was like fourteen, but this is like or, or ten or whatever. And you look at this and you're like, oh, this is why I remember being, you know, a kid. But it, it also has that bittersweet reminder that no i'm 40 uh right or whatever because it does they they, some of them do look a little tired the problem i have with the movie is is that it kind of my favorite kind of halloween movie that features these sorts of characters when you have this popular character that you want to put into a halloween thing they basically are halloween specials right ernest scared stupid probably sort of pioneer i don't know no (laughs) abbott costello pioneered it right right ernest scared stupid was probably the one in the more modern era to kind of bring it back and say hey here's a thing that works and so we've got Medea, we've got all these other characters the thing i always liked and appreciated about both abbott costello and ernest scared stupid are that the if you remove ernest and you remove abbott costello you have a horror story yes uh the 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 troll is scary looking in ernest scared stupid it turns out he'd be defeated with milk, but before you get there, it's right. creepy. And he 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 kills children, like like the witches in Hocus Pocus. He is taking children's souls. Now they can be you can get them back, but he, they're stakes. Right. He's a monster. The monsters in the in uh, the Abbott Costello movies were doing their universal monster thing. They were killing people. They were there's a lady who gets thrown out a window. Guess what? She falls off the side of the mountain. She's not coming back. Right. But Lou Costello is doing his shtick, and so all those movies have that. When I get to the Medea movies and stuff like that in in this Hubie Halloween, it's almost like we don't really want to make a Halloween movie. We want to make an Adam Sandler movie. So the Halloween story is not – would not be up the snuff for a kid's horror film even. Yeah. And so that's where my issue comes is I wish they were almost there. They had this story. It was starting to get interesting. Saturn of Sandler's problem is just playing the water boy again except a nicer version. And I'm like – 
that I, I think even Sandler fans would have enjoyed the goofy humor, all the cool cameos, and they, but had he just played that character just a little bit more like a normal person, I think the movie would have improved so much. Maybe more like his character in Happy Gilmore as opposed to the water boy. Well, you like, it's just the voice and the, and the histronics. Right. It's just, I think what you're realizing is he's relying on that as a crutch. Maybe people like that, but I wonder if we still like it. I don't know yeah. because I'm hearing a lot of people say the funny stuff was Steve Buscemi. The funny bit is um, his mother and the t-shirt she wears. Some of the goofy humor you remember from those movies does work. Kevin James is fine. Um, and you can enjoy, I will say this. Be mindful there are, are some innuendos, but I'd say this one is much more uh, mostly appropriate for younger audiences than some of his other stuff. Okay. Even in his PG-13 movies even. Yeah. Now, you still want to watch it. I watched most of it with my kids, but I, I, I had seen it before, so I knew when to like, you know, okay, let's moderate this or that. And yeah. So, But most of that still will go over their heads. There's a couple of comments where you're just like, did you have to drop that word? Did right, you have to say right. This thing? And I'm not talking like F-bombs. I'm talking like more colorful language that, you know, uh, a teen would not care about, but a kid doesn't need to have that in there. Yeah. You know, you say, that's not a curse word. Well, no, it's not, but I don't really want them calling anybody that name right, either. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, so. fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we, you know, we continue this tradition of, you know, Halloween stuff. And, it, and it's amazing because Nathan, you and I, I think have podcasted on Halloween every year since, I, I mean, since we've been doing this. So, you know, five years now, I think. And close to it. Yeah. Since 20. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And so we always, I, I like that we have these, these, you know, different angles that we can take on it. Um, we're not just doing the same thing over and over again. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. It's good. So we are, um, we're coming up just on that hour mark. Um, want to go ahead and kind of wind things down, uh, before, uh, cause I want to actually release this one today on Halloween for everyone. So, um, we'll kind of wrap up and I'll get it edited and out there, but, um, anything else you want to, you want to kind of talk about Nathan before we, we jump off a few more um, minutes? No, the only thing I'll say, yeah, I'm looking forward to covering the Mandalorian with you. If what ends up happening is we wait till next week when there's two episodes out, Yep, that's fine. I will say it is no one will be surprised. It's very cool. Yes. Um, I'm going to just highlight a couple of quick things I think it does awesomely, which is it plays with your expectations like you expect. Yep. It does something similar to the very first episode where it gives you a moment at the end to just lay the groundwork for, hey, how awesome will this be? Yes. But it might not be what you expect it to be. Um, one thing I just want to say, there is something that happens. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about creatures and things like that. Yes. And that's one of the things I love. There's a great creature moment in this new episode, an awesome creature moment that is exactly the kind of thing I've been wanting to see Star Wars do. Uh, where it's not just a callback to something you've seen. It's a callback to something that was only teased to you before. Yes. Uh, so in this case, there's a certain, for years I've watched Star Wars, and a detail in one scene, even when I was a kid, was one of the things that suddenly got my interest. Oh, there's a monster, but that's not a monster. That's a that's the remnants of a monster. Yes. And for years it's been in your head, and then when you finally get to see this thing, and it's not something you were even thinking you'd see. You know, it's not like you've been salivating to see it. You just, your mind quickly said, oh, something like that is out there. Yes. And uh, I, I thought they tried to do something like that in the in the, in the the last Star Wars movie, but it kind of, like, fell flat. And then, but here, 
this is what Mandalorian is doing. It is taking that world. It's giving us new things, mm-hmm. but then it is looking in the crannies and in, in the, like we're getting characters that were only referenced in the book, even in this episode, in the books, yes. even in this episode, you're getting a character that uh, you're going all the way back to the prequels in some ways, you know, they are yes. looking at every single thing. I mean, they're looking at all facets. Yes. And, and, and I'll say this. I love the fact that this is not, this is a continuation like this is not just like, uh, you know, I was kind of worried that what they were going to do with this was try to set up uh, a whole new season. And st- but but this very much feels like a continuation, like you're moving on. And they even they even call it chapter nine. You know, it's um, we left with chapter eight. This is, you know, season two, episode one, but this is chapter nine. This is the next section of the story. And I think that helps solidify the things that we're seeing and the things that are going on. Uh, I, yeah, I, I could get into so much of this. Um, and so I really um, am going to look forward to, because because literally I, I could spend an entire episode talking about this because of <laughs> everything that they did with it. And, and I felt like it just, again, it hit all the right notes. It starts off strong. It's hitting all the notes that you want to see. Um and so I, I am. I'm looking forward to to our discussion on this. So we'll, we'll definitely have to coordinate and see. Even if even if we can't wait till the second episode, if we can do it a little earlier and just do the first one, I'm totally willing to do that. But um, but yeah. we'll coordinate. And the last thing I would say, anyone? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say we'll coordinate to get that one done. Um, and I guess a, a little bit of cross promotional plug, but I do want to say anyone who enjoys. Uh, you know, one of the cool things outside of movies and stuff that you can still do with Halloween is, and my kids and I have been doing this, is listening to obviously podcasts, but also narrated stories, you mm-hmm. know, uh, like books on tape and online. You can go onto YouTube and you can find all kinds of things of, of Vincent Price reading classic scary stories and things like that. And we are putting up today a little bit uh, over at the Phantom Galaxy. And I may try to tap you for this next time, Nathan, because we're going to try to do. Uh, ghost stories for Christmas when we come up on Christmas time, but I was able to get a lot of different people to narrate classic stories that are in the public domain for Halloween. So we've got a little bit of Edgar Allan Poe, a little bit of HP Lovecraft and lots of different people reading it. All of these stories are uh, there. I would put them in the PG to PG 13 range. They aren't going to be too scary for younger people. You can put them on and listen to them. Uh, I didn't have an opportunity to do a lot of great sound design on these. It's mostly the people <laughs> reading the stories, but we'll see how they go. But if you want to, that, that'll that be going up today over at the at the Phantom Galaxy. You can check that out. It'll be the audio. We've got a lot of episodes up there for Halloween, but we have one that is audio, uh, basically narrated audio horror fiction, but horror fiction within the public domain. So it's older fiction, which means you're not going to get a lot of gore. You're not going to get... Uh, language or anything like that it's all going to be of that pg variety the universal horror that kind of thing so that's uh yeah check that out if you want and i say again and if if you're looking for anything else there's lots of cool stuff out there you can look up uh one thing that we did was we found the old um halloween the 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 haunted mansion soundtrack that they made back in the 60s of just the like the 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 creaking doors and the wind blowing i don't know if you ever had that like the haunted house album so stuff like that's out there. You can find a ton of really cool, fun things to do. So nice, nice, excellent, excellent. Yes, check out Phantom Galaxy. Um, great episode, Nathan. So glad we were able to to chat about this. Look forward to the Mandalorian uh, when we get to that one. Um, but until next time, we just rock the Casbah.
These go to 11.